What's up, guys, and welcome to our long-form discussion of episode or chapter 7 of The Mandalorian, The Reckoning. This was my favorite episode of the series. What did you think of it? It's... I don't, I don't know if it was my favorite, but it's definitely what we've all been waiting for. The team-up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been harping on for, like, three weeks now. I think... Like, I was willing to be patient for Cara Dune to be introduced, but then when he left her on uh, that planet... I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I want you all to stay together. <laughs> and she, yeah, she even offered. Like, yeah. Khalil didn't really offer. He, he said no, but she was like, do you need a partner? <laughs> right. So I am thrilled to actually have like our cast together and in a big way. And it looks like they're going to have to stay that way through the next episode. But let's just start talking through the plot. So we start off on the Razor Crest with Baby Yoda gently napping. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which got that exact response out of Molly. <laughs> and uh, Grief Karga sends him a message and says, like, hey, I'm willing to put our put aside our differences if you come and help us kick the Imperials off Navarro. Like, after what you did, there's a bunch of Imperials here, and I guess they're not tough enough to kick all the stormtroopers off on their own. They need one Mandalorian to do that. I pointed out that his entire message and this little hologram speech that he does it felt a lot like if you're like at a disney park and you're about to go into a ride and they like there's a message from someone on a screen telling you like this is your mission if you choose to accept it it felt very much like something it, like that it really did like <laughs> hey there traveler here's what we need from you and <laughs> I, I also like that this is the first time i think we've ever seen someone shut a hollow recording off like, usually they just finish what they're saying and they flicker away, but then Grief Cargo's like, how do you, like, I have to press this button. I don't know, that tickled me. <laughs> just like, I gotta shut this thing off and you have to watch me do it. It's like when you talk to your parents on the phone and they don't hit the end call button, they just hit a button and stick it back in their pocket and you just hear like... Yeah. Or they like bring it close to their face, like, how do I shut this thing off? But, uh, yeah, lots of old man grief cargo vibes so <laughs> instead of going straight to navarro he heads back to sorgan i think is the name of the the water planet to pick up cara dune i wonder if he stopped by to say hey to the widow i, w I was th thinking the same thing like didn't even stop to say hi to the kids or maybe it would be hard on her to be like oh you're back oh you're gone again right i think that's <laughs> kind of what his thinking was uh but i We'll come back to this later. I, I think that we are going to see those characters again, probably in the next episode. Well, it would have to be. <laughs> There's only <laughs> one left. So he goes to pick up Kara in the bar, and now she's like in a fight club, which yeah. was interesting. <laughs> Attached at the belt by some kind of electro rope. Yeah. Didn't seem to hurt anyone, though. Like, they were pulling on it and choking each other with it. He was a Zabrak, right? Yeah. Maybe he's just a super tough dude. He, he looked super tough. I was like, you got to be careful where you punch a Zabrak. <laughs> that's, or like if you get headbutted by one, mm. that's no joke. Well, no match for, for our friend Kara. Yeah, she she puts him down and I like the little, the tap out, you hit the belt. Yeah. Yeah, she like does this little flippy move that was really cool and like pins him and then wraps the rope around his neck and then yeah, he like taps out and... She gets paid by a bunch of people in the bar, so I guess she's just like bar entertainment. Yeah, including the Zabrak. I liked that. Yeah. They were like sitting at the table, and he comes by like, mm, here you go. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and I, so, so they're sitting at the table, uh, and they're talking. And when the Zabrak puts his credits down, baby Yoda, like starts to reach for one. I really wanted that to just be a little thing where you could see him like pocket a credit. <laughs> um, He's got like a little collection of t- toys. Yeah. <laughs> Things he's stolen off of ships and tables. So the Mando is like, Hey, I need some help. I don't trust this guy. And it doesn't take much convincing. It's basically just like, you get to shoot Imperials again. Well, yeah. I mean, she was kind of like, and I, you know, I'm not sure. But as soon as he mentions that they're ex-Imperial, she's like, I'm in. Yeah. She's 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 like ready to kill more of them. She said that she left the New Republic because she's like, this isn't what I signed up for. She signed up to fight the Empire. So like, she's... I guess she thinks of stormtroopers the same way the Mandalorian thinks of droids. Mm. They're just like, mm-hmm. don't like them. Yeah. Um, so that's one down. And then this was probably the funniest part of the episode is they're flying. I guess they're going straight to Navarro. And she's like checking out weapons. And he comes down and she's like, can you leave the baby alone up there? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Like literally every time you leave him alone... He does something bad. He gets out. He causes trouble. Mandalorian's like, yes, he's a perfect little angel. <laughs> like all parents. Right. <laughs> but the, as they talk, you see his head come down and go back up. And he's like, he's checking out. Like, can I get away with something? Mm-hmm. And then the ship starts going crazy. And you just go up and see Yoda, like, holding onto one of the joysticks, laughing gleefully. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would let him fly. Yeah. But, like, put autopilot on so then he could just think he's flying. Right, like giving your little brother the Player 2 controller that's not plugged into anything. Right. And letting him play <laughs> Tails on Sonic 2. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, they get the baby off of the controls, and Kara's like, we need a babysitter, which, yeah, you've needed one the whole series. Mm-hmm. So they go to Quill, and... Uh, which I thought, actually, that the mechanic would have been a nice touch, but... Obviously, like she was just a, a one episode character, but out of everyone so far, she was the one to like pick him up and take care of him and watch him and beat him. And I don't know, I would have liked to have seen her back, but Kuyo was definitely a good choice too. I, I think maybe he knew that he would have had to pay her, and Quill's more of a like man of honor. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do it just because. <laughs> yeah, I have spoken. Yeah. So they go there and. While they're talking, they like immediately they kind of address the clone theory. So I guess this is something that they knew. People are probably going to guess this is a clone of Yoda or something. And the Mandalorian presents that as an option. Like mm-hmm. he, he's guessing that he's a strand cast, I think is what he called him. And I don't know exactly what that means, but Kawil says he doesn't look engineered. He looks like he grew. Uh, so... Which, I mean, how do you tell that from a species you've never seen? Because he worked in the Imperial Gene Labs or something like that. He said some line about why he would know. Yeah. He also, like, mentioned that he had been working there, like, for the Imperials for, like, what, three? He says he's been a slave for three lifetimes. Three of our lifetimes. Yeah. The Empire was only around for, like, 25 years. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it sounds like at the end of his enslaved career, he had he was working for the Empire, and either they fell or he worked off his debt. He said he worked off his debt and he was set free. Do you think he was ever at Cloud City? I wouldn't be surprised. 
I mean, (laughs) 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 so they're, they're sitting and they're talking. Quill's kind of flirting with Cara Dune, uh, but then IG-11 comes in. Wait, back up. Flirting? Yeah. He said something about like, this one looks like she was grown in the something caves of Silodite or I don't know, (laughs) just making something up and she kind of smiles. I didn't take that as flirting, but yeah. I I, I figure that's him saying, this one's beautiful. This one looks like she can take down a few. I have spoken. (laughs) I have spoken. And then IG-11 rudely interrupts their moment. Uh, I was so happy and confused at the same time to see him. Bringing them tea. Yeah. I was also, yeah, kind of, I was happy that he came back. I was like, I know he's not gone for good. I didn't know how they'd bring him back. My assumption this whole time has been like Cylon copies. I don't know why. Like, that's such a simple solution to have Khalil fix him. That makes so much more sense. Uh, but yeah, he's been reprogrammed to serve tea or defend the area. Well, I thought it was interesting that Khalil would go like check out what happened and he just happens to find the remains and I, and he mentioned something about the new republic rule of basically finders keepers it, it made me think of the expanse i just blew through season four and there's a running joke about how their ship the rosinante is a legitimate salvage like they kind of stole it from the martians but they then it's a legitimate salvage yeah so and then we get this whole like training montage between the two of them where he's Kuil's talking about how he basically had to relearn how to do everything and we see IG eleven like learning to walk again and trying to not crush things while pouring tea and it was just adorable. I, I thought it was pretty funny that it's like if you meet Kuil, you get a training montage. Where's Kara's <laughs> training montage? Teach her to do something. But like the Mandalorian gets to learn how to ride Blurgs and IG-11 gets to learn how to do everything. Mm. Uh, but this was something that I thought was really interesting that we'll come back to in just a little bit. He talks about how uh, droids aren't good or bad. They are a neutral imprint of the person that programmed them. I think that's important uh, for baby Yoda, and we'll talk about that in just a second. So Quill's on board. But Mando, Mando is just like set he's dead set on not liking the fact that ig11 is even there and he doesn't trust him but kawil just says i have spoken and he's like ah fine (laughs) yeah and and i'm bringing my blurgs too which (laughs) i was like man that's a crowded ship so we get onto the ship and uh kara and the mando are arm wrestling and betting over who's stronger and baby yoda sees that and thinks that it's an attack of some sort and like he reaches out the force and this like really shocked me I thought that he was going to use the force to help Mando win or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kara starts choking. And I was like, oh, we crap. See, we see his little hand like do yeah. like a claw It's motion. actually like when I was going through getting images out of the episode, I was like, oh, this is dark. He looks angry. Yeah. And I like that surprised me. Uh, and I think that what is happening is that we'll go back to what Quill said about droids being... Uh, a neutral imprint of those that programmed them. Kids are kind of the same way. They're just neutral versions of their parents, really. And, like, I, this is something that uh, the Resistance broadcast pointed out to us when we were doing... We, we joined them for their podcast on episode four. And they talked about how whenever something really violent happens, they cut to baby Yoda. Like, And they even showed that in uh, the previously on for this episode... 
the Mando is like roasting a stormtrooper alive and it shows baby Yoda looking at it. Mm -hmm. And like, this kid has not had a peaceful life. And he is seeing uh, his his dad (laughs) burn people alive in the name of protecting his child. Yeah. So he does the same to protect his dad. Yeah. So I think that what's going to happen at the end of the next episode is that maybe the Mandalorian is going to decide that this is not the way that if he's going to raise this kid, he can't raise him as a Mandalorian. And Oh, but what if he had a tiny Mandalorian helmet? Maybe. I mean, there's still room for that. (laughs) I think that at the end of season one, he's going to go back to Sorgon, go back to the village with the the widow, and I think he's going to take his helmet off and be like, because that's what he set up earlier on that same planet. If I take my helmet off, I can never go back. I think he's going to be like, I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm going to raise this little baby, and I'm going to raise him peacefully. I I have another theory that's not my theory. I think I saw it on Twitter of him taking his helmet off. To protect Baby Yoda? Yeah, I was thinking, or I was actually thinking the same thing, but I saw someone say um, that maybe we would see his face in some sort of like big gunfight and in order to protect baby yoda he would just take his helmet off and just put it completely over him because it would cover him basically yeah and and i like that too i think that both of them serve the same thematic purpose is that he is going to say that the baby is more important than the way Mm -hmm. and me being a mandalorian he's gonna which i kind of in episode three was like he kind of gets to have his cake and eat it too, where he gets the new armor and he goes and saves the baby. He didn't have to make a difficult choice. I want him to make that choice between being a Mandalorian and the baby. And so I think he will. And either way, I think he's going to go back to that planet and be like, I'm done. And that'll be... I I think they probably wrote season one to be a self-contained story. Yeah, I was going to say, then what happens in season two? Well, in season two... Boba Fett comes in, wipes out the village. Season two pulls the Mandalorian back in. Season two has a massive time jump, and we get teenage Yoda in a full Beskar Mandalorian suit. (laughs) We can only hope. Fighting crime. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, and obviously in season two, the Mandalorian's going to get pulled back in to the life. Uh, But I think season one is going to end. On a peaceful, hopeful note. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) that was a a long talk about one little force joke. (laughs) So they get back to Navarro. They land. They meet Grief. They basically go over the plan, which I feel like is just obviously a setup. Yeah, everything that has come out of his mouth thus far has been like mostly a lie. Yeah. And he's got these two, like, bodyguards, and he says something about, like, oh, you brought a security detail, too. It, it, I mean, the whole thing is just kind of ridiculous. Like, I was making fun of it earlier, where, like, you have all these bounty hunters, and you can't kill one guy. You need the Mandalorian to get in close, which I, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they're basically saying, we're going to take you and the baby into the client. You can kill the client, and this will all be over. And the Empire will leave, and you're... Uh, debt will be paid. We won't chase the baby anymore. They're like, yeah, fine. And then at campfire at night... Oh, well, actually, I just want to point out that that whole scene was really tense. I thought it was really well-directed. 
and I'm sure we'll talk about Deborah Chow some more, but like the bounty hunters and the Mando like all reaching for their blasters and grief picking up the baby, like everything felt uh, scary. I just had a thought, but I'll save it for the end. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to remember to remind you. Okay. <laughs> so they go set up camp. They have a campfire and they're basically still trying to convince the Mandalorian that this is a good plan. Mm -hmm. And he seems skeptical. Then they get attacked by these giant Minoc looking things. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, oh, are those Minocs? But then they were way bigger yeah. and way stronger. They pick up one of the Blurgs. That was upsetting. <laughs> I did not like that. How dare you? <laughs> I almost was more upset by seeing Quill just like hurt. That he's I did not losing like that. He was really not happy about that. Yeah. He was sad. Yeah, that he was losing one of the, yeah. the blurgs, and then one of the one of those other security guys yeah. gets taken. Which, who cares about him? <laughs> I was like, that's fine. Take as many of them as you want. They're yeah. going to die anyway. But grief gets cut yeah. or scratched. I don't know. But it bit or scratched or something. Looked like a scratch. It was a, a poisonous wound. That's what's important. Uh, and they're saying like, oh, the poison is spreading fast. Uh, we can't stop it. No one knows what to do except little baby Yoda waddling over. He's like, stand aside. <laughs> Let me do my business. He force pushes everyone out of the way. <laughs> now it's like we finally get to see him use force heal. They teased it back in episode two. Uh, and then he comes up and... We said, first he says, he's going to eat me. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he points out like, oh, it looks like the little guy's a carnivore. and He's trying to eat me. Oh, God. Come on, Grief. <laughs> You're tougher than this. How did he get to be in charge of the Bounty Hunter Guild? Almost, That's what I want to know. Almost all of his lines when we're watching the episodes, I'm like, oh, Carl. <laughs> I do think... <laughs> I think Carl said season two they would cover Grief's backstory. Oh, cool. So... Maybe we will get to see how he cheated his way to head up this group. But yeah, Baby Yoda uses Force Heal, which isn't a new thing the Force can do. It's happened in Legends for a long time. It was mostly used as kind of like a an RPG spell where it's just mm -hmm. like Force Cure and you f cure your party. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely the best example of it we've seen so far. And he has a much better recovery time. After using the force. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because I was thinking he would, like, fall over, but he just kind of, like, plops down. Yeah, he did fall over a little. Uh, I guess it's not as big as lifting a mud horn. Sure. But, yeah. But it's a brand new force power, and we don't really know, like, how much strength that took. Yeah, and he, he uses the force quite a bit. So I guess, I think they probably are showing some progression with Baby Yoda. That Quill says at one point, like, he hasn't grown much, but... He kind of has in, yeah. in mental ways, not physically. <laughs> yeah, he's learning quickly. Yeah. That seems like the thing he's best at. Like he can waddle behind mm -hmm. the Mandalorian and he can use the force pretty well. Uh, where'd he get all that training? I don't know. How'd he know he could do that? That's absurd. Mm. <laughs> oh, Gary Stu. Oh, that's, let's just start calling baby Yoda, baby Gary or something. <laughs> uh, so that obviously, and this feels like kind of a, western trope to grief is like okay well i can't give this baby over now he's changed his mind he shoots the other two bounty hunters when they go for their pistols and he comes clean he was like we were gonna 
sell you over to the empire. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> there was a line missing there where everyone goes, really? Wow. Oh no, grief. Don't tell it. Don't say it ain't so. <laughs> They're rolling their eyes. <laughs> but yeah, like obviously that was the plan. Uh, and then they come up with a new plan that's still basically the same. I get like, it's all it's the same as it always was. We're well, going to take the Mandalorian in. He says, he says, let me take the, the asset in alone. And they're like, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and the Mando has the idea of like, take me instead. And then Kara is like, well, I'm coming too. Uh, but, and then they say like, okay, well, uh, sorry. Like Mando is going to be cuffed up. Yeah. Kara will be the one that captured him. Captured him. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll bring, my train they'll bring the empty baby cradle in as well. Yeah. Which Quill built a new baby cradle out of scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. So that's, and, and Quill will take the baby back to the Razor Crest. Mm -hmm. Still feels like almost the same plan, except the baby isn't actually there. So they get into the city and it's very clear that Grief was like downplaying the level of Imperial <laughs> occupation. He said four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they get into the cantina and that's where we still don't have Werner Herzog's name. The client mm -hmm. is, uh, I thought it was a pretty nice touch that he was sitting in grief's booth. Like grief is the head of the bounty hunters guild. Navarro seems like where the bounty hunters guild is located, at least this area of it. Uh, but he's been kicked out of his place of power and now Werner Herzog is there. And no one else was in there except for the droid yeah. bartender. And the four stormtroopers that he mentioned. That, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, see, there's four yeah, on the inside. See? Uh, <laughs> the, one of the other moments that really made me laugh was uh, the client's eagerness to see the child. Oh. <laughs> and this is more of an out-of-universe thing, but they have talked. Like, Werner Herzog has talked about how much he loves the puppet. And it was like... And in that Werner Herzog way where he's like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so when the client's like, I want to see the child. It's like, that's just Werner Herzog yeah, talking. He ad-libbed that line. Yeah. <laughs> Open the pram. I must see him. I want to see him. <laughs> but, but then he gets a call that he has to go take. And that's, we finally get introduced to Moff Gideon. Uh, I really liked his intro scene where he just blows the cantina apart. Kills he, everyone in there. He shows up in, an, in a, a TIE fighter, and it lands in a way that I don't know that we've seen a TIE fighter land before. Usually, they just plop down on the wings. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they all have this ability. This could be something new. I don't know. I, I, it looked like something like, yeah, they can all do that, but I don't remember ever seeing that happen, so I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was going to be a new kind of ship that we hadn't seen before, but... I yeah, think it is. I, I don't know if it's... I feel like I've seen it do that before. The TIE Hunter kind of could do that, but I don't. I wouldn't call this a TIE Hunter. It um, might be something that they engineered for, I don't know, like... I mean, when you land a TIE Fighter, you, you want it to like not stick out like a sore thumb, so maybe they're like, let's find a way to lower this closer to the ground. Honestly, like TIE Fighters are pretty inconsistent like it does that thing with the wings also the cockpit opens from the top but some tie fighters like have a little lift that go down from the bottom and mm -hmm. i i don't know that i've ever seen one with straight up landing gear like his so it might be a special tie or it might just be that all tie fighters can do this and we just haven't seen it before i don't know i didn't like that they cut away and cut back 
between him popping out of the top of the ship and then him being on the ground because yeah. I want to see the struggle uh-huh. of getting out of your ship. And no one to slide down this spherical. Yeah, no one ever shows that, and I'm like, I know that he's like. No one looks good doing that. He, he's like, don't you laugh at me. <laughs> this is but his gotta, big tough guy moment. But so. I gotta get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like got his butt hanging off and he's shimmying he's, down the he got side. Got a shimmy, yeah. Uh, but I, I really liked his intro, and I'm glad they didn't show us that because he does give off this really cool air. But and he's got a bunch that, of death troopers yeah, with him. The fact that like the client has been our big baddie for the whole season, and now I don't think he's dead. I think he's dying, but uh, <laughs> I, I think you'll think he show he'll show up one more time to be like, just show me the baby. Yeah, <laughs> one more time. One more time. Let me look on him with my own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a line in the trailers where he's like look outside they're all waiting for you i think that's what he's referencing all those stormtroopers mm-hmm. i think that he's probably still alive and gonna what if he was like line. no but literally they're they're out there they're out there <laughs> uh but i like that gideon just wastes everyone like the big bad that we thought of the season has now just been wiped out and the real big bad doesn't care about him at all. Like you have to make a big statement with uh, your your character because he's only in one and a tenth of an episode. Yeah, he's quite confident and he says something like, the child or the asset will be mine. Yeah. like And like, I want him more than you'll ever know. Yeah. Very strange. But yeah, he's got like all those stormtroopers, a bunch of death troopers... I mean, uh, everyone is going to say that about Baby Yoda. Yeah, I want him more than you will more ever know. More than you will ever know. This is just like a Star Wars action figure collector gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> I need him for my collection. I, I had him and now he's gone. Someone outbid me on eBay and now I'm going to kill you all. <laughs> uh, but that prompts the Mando to uh, reach out to Kawil and be like, hey, are you back to the ship yet? And then scout troopers pick up that signal and chase Kawil. I wonder if Which that's is interesting. Yeah, I, I somehow wonder slash hope that was part of the plan to lure the scout troopers out there or something. There is one shot when Kuil gives the Mando the comlink before they part ways, and then Kuil like messes with his comlink, and I don't know why they showed that. So part of me is just hopeful that's is all part of the plan because I don't want Kuil to be mm, dead. This is going into my end thought theory, but. But yeah, Kuil, that was a bummer. And like, it's it's good to do. It raises the stakes for our characters, but I'm so sad. <laughs> like, we just got our big group together finally, and now they're falling apart. Uh, also, he just had a sad story where he's like, I was a slave for 300 years. Mm. And then I, he got like five years of freedom, and now he's dead. Okay, so uh, tinfoil hat time. Okay, go ahead. Um, so earlier in the episode, Quill makes it a point to say that IG-11 is programmed to protect. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they leave him on the ship, uh, right? He's on the ship? Yes. IG-11. And you say he messes with his comlink to maybe make it broadcast to like everything. Mm. What including if, IG-11. What if, because we, we see him on the ground, we see the blurg down, what if IG-11 hears what's happening 
and like pops out and shoots the scout troopers and he's actually alive i think you're on the right track like i i'm i hope i hope quill's alive but i think he may have slipped the comm link into baby yoda like into his little satchel or whatever mm-hmm. but, so, uh, so now they can be tracked yes yeah and and then well now ig11 i assume has some kind of way to intercept that right this is part of my theory no and i he, think you're absolutely right he hears that he take that tinfoil hat off <laughs> I, I think this is very astute yeah because something has to happen like big with ig11 especially for the last episode taika waititi uh directs it mm-hmm. um so yeah maybe he co- he comes in to help after that yeah i i definitely think ig11 is going to be part of this final battle uh and i think that using the comm link is a great way to bring him in so mm-hmm. hopefully quill's still alive uh i'm kind of doubtful he looked pretty dead uh but i'm hopeful and we then, didn't get like an on-screen shot to the body, though. Mm. We just heard it and like saw the the slow pan. Yeah, I think he's probably dead. I'm just trying to prepare for the worst. <laughs> well, either way, we're gonna see IG11. And, and I think I think you're right. Come out. I think he's going to track the comm link back, yeah. and he'll be. And then that's gonna help, like. The Mando's going to have to rely on a droid mm-hmm. to find his son again and save the day. Yeah. yeah, like he won't know where the scout troopers took Baby Yoda, so he'll be he'll have to trust the droid. Mm. Mm. That's pretty good. That's good. Oh yeah, when the scout trooper just like scoops up Baby Yoda, I wanted to cry. No. <laughs> well, you want to cry every time anyone holds Baby Yoda, not just the bad guys. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this was a great episode. This is exactly what I want the show to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like the past three episodes have been very standalone, and that's fine. Uh, like it kind of makes me think of the X Files, where there are a ton of monster the monster of the week episodes, uh, and then you get I forget, they they call them like lore episodes or something, where the smoking man pops up and it, it furthers the oh conspiracy episodes i think is what they call them Mm -hmm. they further the the whole plot of the overarching story and that's fine to do have like a monster of the week episodic episode whatever if there's more than eight episodes but i feel like they should be doing more to further the plot in all of these standalones and they kind of did an episode for episode five had the oh someone's tracking them thing Episode six didn't really have anything. It's good to learn about the characters. I just wish we had like more of a sense throughout the season of where we were going. Yeah. And now episode seven, I'm like, yeah, what we've been building towards is good. Mm-hmm. It just like, I felt unsure as we got here. Yeah. It, it it did happen very quickly. Like within the first 10 minutes, we had the crew basically together. And then we got back to the client. There was a shootout. We saw who is actually going to be the big bad, I guess, of the season. And now Baby Yoda's gone again. Yeah. I guess it would have been cool to have people joining the team along the way and staying. I think that would have been neat. Yeah. Like, I've felt very satisfied when they went back and they picked everyone up. But you're right, it happens really quick. And it feels like they could have just been on the ship the whole time. And then they, they go back together. Yeah. But 
I'm pretty sure this is just a budget issue where like I know the show looks fantastic. So I know a lot of budget went into that. And then I get this sense that they just couldn't afford to have Pedro Pascal in the suit the whole time. They couldn't afford to have Carl Weathers in every episode or Gina Carano. And that's where like they, they marketed them over and over as like, these are the three stars of the show. Oh yeah. Funko Pops, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Press interviews and stuff. Yep. Uh, and then Gina Carano is going to be in three episodes this season. And so I'm just, I'm very hopeful that they stick around this time, that at the end of season one, she's not like, well, I'll see you when I see you again. <laughs> and then like, we know she's in season two. Mm. So the Mandalorian is going to have to go find her again. I hope they all just hang out together. Something that I just remembered about her character the stripes on her arm, they warn her several times that she needs to cover them up if they're going to be around the Imperials. Is that something from Legends, or is that just... Not to me. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, of like people put notches in their helmet, mm. of their kills. I don't know if that's what that is. They, they kept calling... They, they could see that she was a, a dropper, like a shock trooper that would be dropped into hostile territory. Yeah. And I guess that's just what that meant. Mm. Gotcha. And... An Imperial would know that. Yeah, so she just like wraps it up, covers it up. That'd be cool to see what that looks like at some point. Like mm-hmm. actually use her as a dropper. Like yeah. fly the Razor Crest over and drop her in somewhere. Maybe yeah. that'll happen in season two. You had the theory that maybe they filled the the pram with thermal detonators. <laughs> maybe. I, it, it hasn't been opened yet. Yeah. And, and I, well, Moff Gideon knows that the child's not in there so it's not like they can be like here you go (laughs) yeah i i like that idea i did too and because i feel like kara like she picked one up earlier Mm -hmm. in the episode and was like yeah and so maybe that was a little foreshadowing even if they can't do a trojan horse thing (laughs) uh, a crib full of bombs is still (laughs) useful to have in their situation sure but yeah i am so excited to see where next week's episode goes like this is the most excited i've been since the end of season one like the end of season one had this huge reveal bombshell like there's a baby yoda (laughs) and and the world went nuts yeah uh ever since then like i've been enjoying the episodes but it just hasn't had like this building intensity Mm -hmm. until right now and i'm like okay the child is now in immediate danger we've got all of our heroes together they're working towards a common goal against a clear enemy like that this is awesome (laughs) yeah the story is finally coming together and now hopefully somehow we weave in the mandalorians again into episode eight that and also like i don't know if we're actually going to get any more information about baby yoda and like why they want him where he's from Mm. i hope so I hope Gideon gives us something. It's just just something a little bit more because I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, the only thing we know about episode eight is the description says the Mandalorian faces off with an unexpected enemy. Very vague. It could mean anything. I think it probably just means Moff Gideon. Uh, it could mean could mean that that shadowy figure that we saw yeah before it it could mean that i still think that that's going to be a season two thing that we'll deal with moff gideon and then we're going to learn that oh boba fett's on the case and that'll be like the last so the mandalorian will go back to sorgon he'll take his helmet off and he'll be like we can finally rest and then we'll (laughs) 
see Boba Fett walking through Navarro. Like it's not Boba Fett. I think it is. I don't want it to be. I will lose the bet, <laughs> but I think it's Boba Fett. I'm gonna lose the Fett bet. The Fett bet. I don't have a bet. I just really don't want it to be him. I think that if they introduce him in the last shot of season one, we've had enough time to get to know the Mandalorian. And if if Fett is after baby Yoda, if he wants to cause that baby harm, easily everyone's going to turn against him. Like, we know who the good guy and the bad guy is. Yeah. But. All right. Yeah. Top three moments. Uh, you go first. I, I, I just think of like three and I don't put them in order. I Well, I have to try not to pick all Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby you got to save, save those for the end. So uh, I'll say my three is the training montage of IG-11. <laughs> Learning how to how to be. Um, I think my favorite moment was, or, top, or number three is Moff Gideon's introduction blowing away all the other Imperials and just like coming in being like, I'm the boss now. Mm. Um, I'm going to have two Baby Yoda That's fine. Moments. I'm surprised you don't every week have all three <laughs> Baby Yoda moments. I, I, I did like, this is a kind of a combo one, I did like the arm wrestling moment that they're just like awesome pals who arm wrestle, but him using the the force in a bad way that's gonna, that's my number one moment really so we can just talk about that now but yeah it was so unexpected to me i don't know you just you know yoda you kind of know yaddle you assume <laughs> that this species is just light side i mm-hmm. guess and so seeing the dark side come out of it was a shock to me yeah and i i like all the stuff that you said about yeah he's seen a lot of violence and he's seen Mando do nothing but protect him, so he's he thinks Mandalorian's being hurt, so he's he must protect. <laughs> what is it? He protect, he attack, but he also take nap. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can put that. He protect, he attack. Yeah. Uh, and and also I love that scene because the whole team's together. Quill, Kara, IG Eleven, everyone except for Grief Karga is on that ship. Mm-hmm. Um. So we do. We we still never got like a shot of everyone together because IG Eleven was on the ship. But hopefully that's still to come. Was that your number two or number one? That was my number one. Oh, okay. Uh, but you can do your number one, and then we'll do my number two. <laughs> uh, my number one is Baby Yoda driving the ship. That was gonna be my number two, so uh, that works out. <laughs> and just having a blast. Uh, just that that made me laugh so hard. Where <laughs> can you leave that thing alone? Yeah, I do it all the time. And what happens? <laughs> and something goes wrong every time. Mando, have you learned nothing? <laughs> he needs to go back to the widow so she can teach him how to raise a child. Yeah. And bring the mechanic along. Yeah. Like, make, someone make, needs to knock some sense into him. Make this gang even bigger. <laughs> Honestly, like everyone they run into, I'm like, yeah, bring them. Yeah. Um, it, but Kara's like, you need a babysitter. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Gosh. IG-11 can be a babysitter. Like three different people tell him, you can't just leave this baby alone, and he still does it. Man, well, he needs a parenting book. I mean, Baby Yoda's learning how to, like we said, protect. So maybe he can fight back. Yeah, I think so. But until then, he just wants to drive ships and yeah. take pieces off of Big it. truck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was episode seven, The Reckoning. 
my, my favorite episode so far. Oh, yeah. Well, we kind of did predictions already for the next one, but it has to just be like the big shootout. They're going to destroy that town. Yeah, it's going to be a big shootout, and hopefully we find something more about Baby Yoda. Hopefully Quill is still alive and my theory about Edge 11 is true. I think you're right about that. I, I don't think that needed a tinfoil at all. I'm never right about anything. <laughs> we'll see next week. Although I've had some good good guesses for Mandalorian so far. I was right about him as a little kid. Yes. Yeah, you called that from the trailers. Smart. Smart. <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys for joining us for our long discussion of episode or chapter 7. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And consider checking out our Patreon page, where we are releasing audio commentaries for all of the Mandalorian episodes. And episode 6 just came out today, I think. So we'll have episode 7 soon, and then episode 8 is next week. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have the audio versions of these long-form talks and also our weekly Q&As on our podcast, which is also linked down below. Yeah. As always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.